Hey there, and welcome to episode five of the weekly call, the unscripted, unedited weekly conversation between Austin, John, and Ammer. Uh, on this week's call, we touch back in with how the weekly accountability goals went. Uh, just to quickly recap what they were, Ammer, the phone addict, had to use his phone for less than 25 hours a week. Yes, a very daunting task for most of us. Uh, I had to eat completely green and clean, only fruits, vegetables, and lean meat, uh, no alcohol or any crap. Uh, and John had to be at Starbucks studying by 6.30 a.m. every morning. Um, and then we kind of follow with just the benefits of setting these types of goals and what they permitted us to go out and do and accomplish. Um, and, you know, we then proceeded to engage in a philosophical debate about free will versus determinism. Uh, for everybody who has no idea what this is, uh, it's essentially the ongoing debate as to whether life events are random or predetermined. Um, this kind of falls into the realm of psychology and implicit processes as well, so we kind of touch on that. And for people that are familiar with it, um, they know that this is just a never-ending debate that raises very interesting points. Uh, and we try to mix it up a little bit and bring in some insights into consumer behavior uh, and some marketing insights as well. Um, and this debate kind of leaves us in a bit of a mental pretzel, so we decided it was best to end the podcast soon after. So, uh, as always, you can interact with us on Instagram at the Weekly Call Pod, where you can find more about us, uh, about the hosts, upcoming content, and guest interviews. We really hope you enjoy the episode, and thanks for listening. Hey guys, how are you doing this week? And I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How good? Like like less than twenty five oh. hours good or, or what? Oh boys, wait till you witness this. Twenty four hours time. and fifty nine minutes or what's going on? Open up, go to week usage, week of October twentieth. So get to see Holy right there. Holy shit! You did I it. did it. Twenty three hours and thirty three minutes. And look I, what the number one usage was. Maps. Can I see, um, it was can Google I, Maps for six hours. What's Google Maps. Usage? What's your YouTube usage? Uh, zero. You deleted it? I deleted YouTube. So, um, and, so and just to let you know, my Instagram usage was 30 minutes, and my Snapchat right. usage was 44 minutes after our podcast. Wow. So I've used my phone for the whole week, I swear to God. Yo, how, how good did that feel, man? Wait, so you guys just yeah, said two different questions. Go first, John. I said, did you watch YouTube on your laptop? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I actually didn't. No, not okay, at all. Okay, okay, I avoided it. Okay, like while like, I was uh, eating, laptop around. <laughs> <laughs> while yeah, you were so eating, you just register. cried. While I was eating, I was reading or doing my readings for school, and it was like amazing. It was okay, yeah. So how crazy. how 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 good did this feel? It felt so good, man. Okay, so like, yo, you you, so you literally productive. gained. Yo, you gained uh 26 hours this week yeah yeah you know and i i I do want to disable maps because i have my maps when i drive so that was five and a half hours and i was making phone calls way more than usual so my phone is registered for three hours so that's nine hours of just like utility right right (coughs) yeah i i wouldn't play much into that though i mean 
no one's gonna fault you for using maps in Toronto. Yeah, 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 true. <laughs> yeah you true. and your fucked up intertwined city. I'd actually, I'd, I would judge you more harshly if you didn't use maps in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you knew Toronto in and out, that's especially with the amount of driving you're doing in in the in the Dodge Caravan. You need maps. Yeah. So I had a lot of time, and what I ended up doing was actually something business related. So I made a post on Facebook. Thank you both of you for showing love. I actually yeah. really appreciate that. Um, that post did super well. And I spent a lot of time like on messenger. I got on the phone with a guy in Alberta, got on the phone with a guy out in Halifax, some friends from Jordan reached out to me. Is so, this for, um, and are you also in the process of starting, uh, <laughs> next year's venture? Um, yeah. So I, <laughs> are you able to enough, mention, are you able to talk about this at the stage or no? I can mention this, John, I talked to Jordan and apparently out West, they've already started doing something, the thing, the same thing that Patrick and I are going to do with the consulting for the trades. And apparently they turn millions of dollars per year. So we can use this podcast here. It's currently October 27th, 2019. Mark my word, boys, we're going to be so big. We're going to buy out these guys out West. So that's the, that's the game I'm playing for. Who's doing out West? Sorry. What was this? Yeah. So if you Google, uh, I think I know. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Like, like these, like it's like this latest wave of consultants who, uh, who try and grow people's businesses for them. Uh, um, yeah, but it's so it's it's essentially student works alumni. It, this is the this is the way I understand it because Pat and I also had a meeting about this. Was that um, it's student works alumni that are essentially learning the ins- like they've they've learned how to grow. A, tr- um, a service-based business from literally nothing as a university student, like from the most difficult place to market and sell is where they learn. Uh, so now applying that knowledge to uh, really well-known, successful, and like really skilled contractors using that same kind of ambition and um, kind of the way they're attacking the market as much as this, as much as students would, they're kind of coaching them on how to grow their business as well. Because realistically, like a really, you know, if you compare like a really specialized contractor, uh, a lot of the work that that person gets is through word of mouth or through uh, passive marketing as opposed to like aggressive marketing where they're actually seeking out referrals, doing cold calling. And so, learning that aspect of the game as well is quite beneficial to them in order to grow because their, you know, their booking rates, their qualifications, their skill set is already so much higher. And so having that skill set in addendum to their existing skill set with how they go about getting contracts now is essentially what the service is, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. So it's basically like trying to be a district manager, but like, it, yeah, it's it's like creating a mastermind is what the is what's kind of been thrown around. So it's it's more of like a networking group. I, I think suppose. I've seen these guys out west. These guys are uh, student works alumni. I could be wrong, but that's what Pat and I had spoken about. But. Amir, oh, is this Benjamin Amir? Carlson. Amir, you're, me- you're muted. Carlson guy is um, he's a college pro guy. Yeah, the founder is a college pro guy. Okay. Yeah, and he did college pro, was a DM, then went out, started Shack Shine, then was bought out by One Hundred Got Junk, 
What's and then Shack she started Shack? this. Oh, it's huge in Toronto. It was like a, it's like a Jiffy Leaf. Oh. You know what a Jiffy is? Yeah. It's like all, it's an all-inclusive, like if you want carpentry, plumbing, painting. They do so basically another consulting business. Okay. This is interesting. So, so I'm really passionate about this. And now that I know it exists out West, it's like, okay. And they're making money. It's like, cool. We're just going to conquer out here, out East, and then just buy these guys out. So. Yeah. <laughs> Why, why would you uh, – well, have you contacted them in order to get more information about what they're doing relative to what your, your goals are, or have you, are you coming at it with this with a different approach? Oh, a totally different approach. So I can reveal more in the future. Um, you can but, tell us, but you have to kill us kind of thing? Yeah. Like I just I have a game plan. <laughs> Basically, the main, point, the main point to take away from this is that this industry is young. These people are one of the few that do this and they're successful in it. So there's money out there. There's people who need our help and I will be the person to provide yeah. that. That's cool, man. And that, that, are you, when are you finishing uh, your degree as well? When's that? Uh, hopefully I graduate in April. So uh, nice. that's something I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to. Yeah. And you so it's a next year. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Hmm. So You're not going to do student works? No, 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 no. Nice. I'm going to okay. put a little pause on it um, and just pursue this full time. I'm very much like a, just give me one thing. I'll go all in on it. Like that's, that's cool. just how I, that's how I operate. So if I, you know, if, if this fails, then I can never look back and say, oh, I wish I gave more hours during February and yeah. January. Yeah, because it's like no, there's just no excuse. So I just want to close all doors for excuses, and mm -hmm. then just go out there and, and get it. Yeah, man, that's cool. I uh, I think that I I kind of sat down uh, with Pat last uh, August, kind of before we went on our trip, and uh, kind of laid out a bit of a um, a three year plan, and and that it was the uh, after my after my master's degree, he was talking about that. So, yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. I think uh, the, the, thing I'm, the thing that excites me most about that opportunity uh, is how to kind of break into a market with high entitlement. Um, when you look at people that you're trying to coach, being people that are already very successful and very uh, well-known, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So like yeah. people that are already used to doing things a certain way and th people that are older than you, people that, uh, you know, have been doing quite possibly this trade for longer than you've been alive, you know? So, mm. um, and, and, and breaking in and how, and, and, you know, giving them firsthand coaching and marketing strategy and pretty much just like a, a, a business boot camp for the front end of their business for how to approach clients and seek, uh, you know, really generate leads so yeah um not to really worried about that because if you're a good business owner that ends up in no, a position I, yeah. to have a conversation with me that means you're open to something i think those people who are highly pretentious won't even click on yeah. the advertising yeah. aren't even interested to follow I, through yeah so, I, and i get that you're not trying to find the type of people that are like obviously the people that go i have everything i could possibly need i don't i'm perfect i don't need to grow at all like those aren't the type of business owners you want to work with of course i get that um 
but you know stuff like this that i found time for that i just never knew i had time for it so when i got really bored i would pop in a podcast and i would just lay in my bed and just intently listen Mm -hmm. and i can't tell you the the retention i have from like this one 30 minute podcast with um uh, dave grutman Mm. he's the number one uh club owner in miami he created the third biggest club in north america in terms of revenue and just that podcast with him was so good because i just remember a lot of it and then when i got super bored i found myself reading and it's like wait what so i would i figured out i can read 40 pages an hour with pretty good retention so it's just like great like i can i'm reading rich dad poor dad for the first time and it's like i'm nice flying through it i'm like this is such a good book yeah so these are some um, small things another book i recommend especially if you're going into this line of work uh for consulting is um the man it's literally right over there i might have to go grab it because i can't remember the title it's uh the uh the weekly coaching conversation that's what it is um and it chris has all the dms read it before the dm retreat um it's it's really short it's like 150 pages and it's like one of those books where the font's big and the pages are small kind of thing (laughs) um but the whole book is a narrative uh it's really passive in the way the material is presented because it's presented in in a storyline of of like you're the you're kind of just like it's presented in the third person um and so the way that um, the materials presented is just so uh, it's, it's just very salient because it's a very interesting story and, and it kind of gets at how, you know, uh, an individual is very successful and he's a leader of a sales team and he hits his goals, but none of these people show up to his, his, uh, his big promotion party. And he doesn't understand why these people wouldn't support him because they hit their goal. But in reality, their goal was his goal. And, and so it's really a great conversation about understanding the needs of the people that are you're coaching and you're leading. And uh, it's quite possibly stuff that we, you know, the three of us already have an idea of in terms of uh, managing people and running a, a business with uh, between 10 and 20 employees, but it's just a great story. It's a great, uh, great book. Yeah, and usually, so now you recommend recommended me a book. Usually, I'll be like, oh, "Okay, great." I would probably not read this because I'll just be oh, doing yeah, yeah. different things. <laughs> yeah, so, I'll be on my phone. Yeah, so John, I actually wanted you to jump in here, and and uh, you know, I just want to share, you know, what you think from from this. I'm going to share something. So, I I actually started eating healthier. Sounds weird, but with less time to like lay down and watch things and snack, the more time I was like being more efficient. And the more I read, the more I wanted to read more. Cause it's like, wait, but what happens at page 51 I'm on page 50? Like, I just want to know. And then I took the books into the bathroom, like you mentioned, and like, you know, I'll be there for 10 minutes, but I would dish out like 15 pages. Um, and it's uh, it's pretty incredible. So I wanted to ask you, what other things, because you're so deep in this already with your good habits, that, you know, how far should I maintain this sort of pattern for me to reach a level where I'm reading for six hours a day, where I'm being extremely efficient um, and I'm not being bored 
I'm scared of being bored. I hate being bored. And podcasts mm-hmm. and music, I found as a kind of a cheat way to fulfill that boredom. But like, I wanted to ask you, John, like, what do you do uh, to not be bored while being extremely efficient? Yeah, well, there's definitely a, uh, yeah, that's a difficult question. Well, the concept of being bored is somewhat foreign to me because like simply just sitting with myself is not bored to me. Like I, I'm not bored when I'm just sitting by myself. Like if you put me in a chair, doesn't matter where it is, whether I'm in a dark room, um, you know, doesn't matter if I'm in a Starbucks, doesn't matter if I'm in my car, doesn't matter if I'm waiting for someone, you put me anywhere, I can close my eyes and I can start thinking about things. I can start planning. I can start, you know, and I use all that time. Like any, any time, like if I'm sitting in line waiting for coffee at Starbucks, I just simply close my eyes and I start thinking, right? You can also do that with your eyes open too. So you don't have to close your eyes. Like even meditation, um, a lot of people think you need to meditate with your eyes closed. When you close your eyes, you can actually look like, just close your eyes right now. Like look around, right? You have a visual field right now, right? You just, it's black. I mean, it's not even black. If you actually really look into it, it's actually not very black, which is quite interesting. But if you look around, you have a visual field. If you open your eyes right now, you're having the same experience as far as you have a visual field. One just has, you know, like shutters over top, one doesn't. Right. Yeah. And so you, you can take any moment you possibly can to think about things. So if you're reading and you're saying, I don't want to read anymore, no worries. Put the book down and think about what you just read or think about your next business venture. Like you don't need to like, I don't know, like to me, like what is bored? Like, I, I, I like, that's what I'm saying. That's a foreign concept to me. Like when I was younger, I used to get bored because I always wanted to do something. I always wanted to distract myself. I no longer need to be distracted. I actually would say that the best way to be productive is to eliminate the idea of boredom because boredom in itself will lead to distractions, which will most likely not be efficient. So if you're seeking efficiency, you need to eliminate boredom from your life by actually capitalizing on your, like the utility of your brain. That's an interesting theory about boredom. Yeah. Yeah. So so here's some like real world advice. So I was on like Saturday, it was probably the hardest day. Like I woke up and I Mm -hmm. literally have nothing to do nothing and then that's like when i'm like okay what should i do like i don't i don't have any assignments that are really urgent you know i don't have to read this book but my friends are like playing this video game should i jump in with them should i force myself to do homework like what do you do when you have nothing because usually I, I don't find myself in that scenario because i'm planning yeah ahead, so i plan my week in advance so it's like okay i'm gonna use that time on saturday to reply to this email yeah call so this i person, actually develop this lead. um so like i like i guess i don't know if you guys know but i actually take like basically three months off and yeah. i have no like technically speaking i have zero obligations i mean my accountant needs an odd email here i have a date night whatever but otherwise i actually have zero obligation yet I'm busier this time of the year than I am during my work year. So like, like I, I, like I just carry, like I have like these little planners that I made for myself because I haven't found a planner that actually achieves what I wanted to. So I actually just carry these in my, like they're just pocket size. So they actually fit right in my pocket, which is the big thing. And I write down everything. So like today, for example, um, 
like you're saying, how do you fill your schedule? You plan it the night before, right? Like I don't wake up in the morning and say, what am I doing today? And I never, never do I actually ever have to sit there and think, what am I going to do right now? I mean, if I do, I most likely will just close my eyes and meditate, but otherwise like, like right here. So get up at six, drive down. Like this is just on my like little schedule thing here. So study from uh, 8 a.m. to 9.45. Then I had jujitsu from 10 a.m. to noon. Then I had lunch for one hour, um, which I make, I make lunch at my house. Then I studied for half an hour, meditated for half an hour, um, studied for one hour, did leisure for, looks like, oh, that's about an hour and a half of leisure. What's leisure? Um, Please. I actually didn't get around, leisure's like, um, Something like I can leisure. Yeah, I know what leisure is, but what's your leisure? Uh, I actually see I didn't get around to leisure because my study session, um, I was way too into it. So I actually just studied for two and a half hours. So it says I scheduled for leisure, but I I ended up going down this rabbit hole today on like free will and determinism, which I go down way too often. So I I, um, ended up watching like three and a half hours of like interviews on on, on some stuff, which I was going to talk to you guys about today. And then I had to go pick up my girl from the airport and here I am. So I got a super, like, there was no, oh, actually, the one thing I did do different was um, my meditation today. Rather than sitting in my chair, I went to the steam room and meditated. Yeah. So, you know, I I studied for upwards of six hours today, um, meditated for about, you know, a little bit over half an hour, um, got over two and a half hours of exercise in. I actually went to a, a a world champion from Brazil. He was in Kelowna today uh, for jujitsu, and I and I uh, was coaching with him. Like he was coaching me, so I, I got some wow. really good hands-on experience with a, a world-class jujitsu practitioner. Yeah. What the heck? But I, I do want to go back. First of all, that was amazing. What is leisure? Leisure? Like I actually. You but didn't you ask, what do I do? That's my day every day. Like I can show you. I, I track everything. Yeah. No, le- leisure. I mean, leisure, leisure just means like uh, it's like recreation and it's subjective. Oh, oh sorry. No, no. The, I actually have a really specific um, thing for leisure. So, uh, one, I'm able to do whatever I want guilt free, assuming it's not something that's going to generate into a bad habit. So, like, if I, like for example, like right now, I'm trying to cut out porn consumption. Yes. So leisure wouldn't include go masturbate like that. Like, like that's not. That's like, it has to be something like leisure has to be something that's within my core values, and it has to. I can just do it guilt free. So like if I want to go watch, um, I actually one thing I did do during leisure today. I, I lied. I actually did. I watched. Um, I watched uh, two episodes of. Uh, it's actually pretty interesting. It's on Netflix. It's called Love, Death, and Robots. Okay. And it's, they're like 10 minute episodes. It's kind of like robot chicken, but it's like not fun. Oh, oh okay. And uh, yeah, so like that's what leisure is for me. But like leisure for me, um, like I, I like to go for walks. Walks are fantastic for leisure. Um, I might phone a friend. Sometimes that's leisure for me. Like I might phone someone I haven't spoke to for a while. I might phone my mother. Um, but you wouldn't watch YouTube or like Netflix. Oh no, no, that's not true. I, I do watch a ton of chess videos. I love watching mm. chess analysis videos. That would build a good habit, which is so. Is that a yeah, yeah? Like basically, leisure. Is I don't want to build bad habits. Like I don't want to like leisure to me wouldn't be um, go to the bar and drink alcohol. Like that's not what leisure would be to me. Leisure also needs to be something ideally. I mean. I can't think of a situation where I do it or I would allow this, but like my criteria would be something that I can go do and it wouldn't inhibit me going back onto my schedule. So for example, going to drink alcohol 
that basically writes off like you can't like you're not going to go drink for with your buddies for two hours and come home and read so so i i don't do things that would like inhibit the rest of my schedule right yeah Um, and i would even say that playing video games is a huge inhibitor like when i used to play video games dude if you play video games for even just one hour i feel like your your entire um physiological state gets very tense um very irritable i get and zero production like even uh, even masturbation that's why i stopped masturbating because when i masturbated my production like my um efficiency for the rest of the day would drop like i would lose all like i um i would be more likely after indulging to just reindulge so if i masturbated i'd be more likely to go watch youtube videos for the rest of the night mm. Whereas if I meditate for 30 minutes, I'm almost guaranteed to go study deeper than I've ever studied before. Mm. So it's like the difference between like, so the leisure activities, I'd like to have them. So they still benefit. They, yeah. They're almost a uh, catalyst for, for increasing the things that I do daily. Wow. It was a rant a little bit, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. You, you mentioned that um, you were reading about free will and determinism and you said it and you wanted to bring something up for us. Yeah, man. Like I, um, I've been like studying free will and determinism for, for a couple of years now. And I feel like, I I feel like I flip flop quite a bit. Yeah. Um, It's tough. Even for me, like as a philosophy major, that's one of the toughest conversations. Yeah, man. I, I, I don't know where I sit on it at at any given moment. I feel like, uh, there's too many good arguments on both sides. There's, um, Mm -hmm. sort of like a, uh, like a gut feeling that we do have free will but there's also a very, very analytical side to me that says that we don't. So it might be one of those things where I kind of take like a, like a cop out and say that we have limited free will. Like, so, um, just, uh, uh, you know, Amir, you're a philosophy major, John, you study this, uh, in your own time. I know what free, I know the argument. I know free, I know, like, I know what free will is. I know what determinism is and I'm, I'm yeah. familiar with the argument, but would you just mind, and maybe this is helpful to some viewers too, is just like to describe maybe like, a few of the best arguments for either one just to kind of like to see uh, better. i can or, give this a shot i haven't I, uh, this is a lot of well, stuff you, from, you from argue two one years side ago and i'll argue the other like what side what side do you lean more on um actually i'm on the same I'm, both sides. I'm in the same position as you because i was yeah. so confused so i i actually looked to my religion to determine my position Interesting. Okay, I've done something similar. Yeah. You you, uh, you pick one, and I'll, I'll I'm not going to argue with you, but I'll just I'll I'll um I'll present the arguments for the other side. You go first. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I, you know, if I argue that we have ultimate free will, yeah, that means Austin, every decision that you made and will make will be completely either random or up to you. So here's what I mean by, by random. It's like, if you're not thinking about it and you just decide to pick chocolate over vanilla, this one odd day, you know, that was free. There's nothing that was written somewhere as your destiny of picking vanilla. So that would happen. And then some people might, you know, say, well, you know, what about if you have two identical cups of water in front of you? Um, everything's the same. And then you go for the one on the right. Is there something in the past that made you do this or is it just completely random you didn't even think about it nothing in the subconscious you just thought to reach it to the one to the right because you just for the sake of just getting the one on the right and it was equally 50 50 
So that's free will that everything is up to you. Like at this moment, you can totally say, Hey guys, I'm getting off the podcast mid podcast and completely go, but you won't do it, but you have the free will to do it. So, um, that's kind of the argument for free will, um, on one end. So free, the argument for free will can, is varied on de- different degrees. It's, yeah, it's more a factor than it is. A- yeah, it is like, you know, just like temperature. It's either really cold or really hot. So the, the one I just presented to you is like the total, like ultimate hundred percent that you have free will. Um, which I Very don't few people, by the way, believe that just, yeah. Just, yeah. Just as a, even like some, a caveat. Yeah. Yeah. Even someone listening might be like, Oh, I kind of disagree. Austin doesn't actually have free will when it comes to like him just completely stripping naked and running into the street right now and filming himself and posting on social media. Yes, he's free to do that, but he will not do it. And I'm a hundred percent certain he will not do it. So does that mean he has control over it? Does he not have control over it? That's where the debate comes. So John, Just what is little, determinism? Yeah, well, a little side note here too is that um, anyone who's listening to this and you think, well, hold on, we're talking about philosophy and you want to tune out. This is actually very relevant to business because this would impact how you deal with other humans. This would also mm. impact on how you determine uh, how, like, you know, why it is you're doing things. And, and if you assume you have free will, well, then you know, you can look at things as you're the maker of your own reality. And if yeah. you believe in determinism, well, then you need to sort of look at yourself more as a, like as if you're watching a Netflix show, right? You need to see, oh, what's this character going to do today? And you need to take that detached approach, right? So this is very relevant to yeah. to, uh, to business and, and just general life. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for saying that. And to add to free will in, in regards to the business sense, it's very, very, there's a lot of people I've met through my life who have said, oh, I have to get a job. Because like I need to make money right now, so it's like hold on. Nobody's forcing you to go out there and get this minimum wage job. It's just you don't know anything else. It's like oh, I have to take on this client. It would be stupid of me not to because I'm gonna make so much money by right. taking this specific client. So I have to take right. this on, or oh, I can't leave this job right now and just go start my business. Like I don't have that free will. Of course I can and just do it, but why would I ever put myself in that position? So think in that context. So John, can you tell us more about what determinism is? Yeah. So I'll kind of try and keep it really simple because it can kind of go down a bit of a rabbit hole here. But so the counter argument to what Ammer said is that so someone who's a deterministic philosopher or someone who would argue that would say that free will is actually, or the type of uh, free will that Amherst spoke about is an illusion and that the choices that you, that you have in front of you are an illusion in the sense that if you could go back in time, okay, assuming that there was free will existed, that means that if you went back in time, a different result could happen. That has to be true if you believe in free will. So a, determ- a deterministic argument would be that assuming we could rewind time, the exact same things would happen again, assuming all is equal. And so that's like the main argument is that things would not change. And why would they not change? Um, there's more an- uh, anecdotal evidence of this. So like imagine you're driving your car and then we've all related to a situation where all of a sudden we like kind of come back into consciousness and it was like, holy shit, I was just driving for 10 minutes and 
I don't even remember that. So that's sort of like, well, how much control do you really have over your life? And how many situations are like that? And there's an argument that um, most people, like there's a sort of a cliche saying, but uh, there was a gentleman riding a horse through a village full speed in a gallop. And a guy on the side of the road said, hey, hold on, where are you going? And he said, I don't know, ask the horse. And, 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 and the, the, the saying is free will and determinism. Most people live their life with zero free will. They're completely unconscious of their decisions. Um, uh, Austin, you can sort of relate to this because you study consumer behavior. How many people would say that they would fall for marketing tactics? I was everyone just thinking says, of that, yeah. Yeah, everyone says, oh no, marketing doesn't work on me, but it does. Well, how much free will do you have in that? Yeah. So, a lot of the deterministic arguments are just simply pointing out the lack of free will we have and the yeah. illusion that, that it causes. So that's sort of the simple argument for determinism. Yeah. yeah. And I was just, in, as Amir was saying to me about the simple argument of uh, free will, I, I was reminded of when I spoke about last episode, I was just about perceptual fluency and like unconscious choice and unconscious fluency. Like the fact that uh, we're just able to, uh, you know, the things that we're exposed to throughout uh, our life or throughout the day or throughout the week, the more that we're exposed to these stimuli, the more we just get more fluent in recognizing them. That makes like, that's, it's such a basic argument. Like it's very easy to understand. The more that you see something, the more you get your, the more fast you're able to recognize it. Therefore, the more perceptually fluent you are of something. That's very basic. It's very, it makes a lot of sense. But the implications of very high perceptual fluency are what you what you see with very successful brands. Um, and the thing is, is that people can't actually tell how fast they're able to respond to ads they're familiar with compared to ones they're not familiar with. So, um, you know, one thing I really like doing is when I'm traveling, I like looking at other products that I've never seen before because it's like cool to kind of like look at them, examine them and consume them because it's the first time I've ever done so. Mm. But when I find myself in a grocery store here, it's like, there's literally thousands of things in front of me, but they all look so familiar and fluent that it's like, I'm just so used to being around these things, right? So I have a really good example of that. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is so good. Okay, so, oh, I love this one. Okay, so if you go into a grocery store, um, specifically Save-On Foods. Okay, have we don't have those food? out here, no. Uh, well, you guys have like um, like uh, Loblaws, right? Loblaws, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, you'll notice if you go into a grocery store, I'm pretty sure this is the same out east, everything's on sale. Oh yeah. Everything yeah. has like, yeah. everything has like a, out West, everything has a yellow tag on it with a special price. Yeah. But if you actually look at a, 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 a aisle, there's not a single price tag that doesn't have that special price, but you don't actually notice that all you notice is the thing that you're looking for. You're like, Oh, it's on sale. Right. Yeah. And it's like, damn, like that is, there's a course that I'm taking uh, next semester. I, I had to drop it this semester because of my workload, but I'm taking it again. It's the intro. Uh, it's a seminar on pricing management. So it's essentially yes. how pricing, the framing of pricing, uh, influences consumer behaviors, like the left digit effect, like how you know five ninety nine you anchor on the five and you ignore the fact that it's one cent away from six dollars. All that stuff, yeah. like. And, and so if you look at what you're saying about the sale tags, there was an article, I can send this to you. I read it uh, the week that I was in the class because I looked through the course outline. I saw this article and I saw the title and I was like, what the hell? And so I read it and it's, um, it's the effect of the color red in sale prices. So literally a circular red sticker increase sales, put it on, put it on a product in a, in a grocery store. It literally says nothing. And 
that's it. And so it implies that it's uh, some sort of like it, the stories you could make up as to why people prefer it are, are lucrative. Like it, it's lower price. It's, it's better value, all this stuff. Right. But like wow. people have just started to, so, cause so, so this is literally perceptual fluency, right? Like you see the color red associated with sales your whole life, you know, and you start to, you start to associate one with the other as though they're the same. And so, you know, you start to see that you're more, you can process uh, the color red in a marketplace or in a store much more fluently than you're able to process any other um, color when it's associated to a sale price. Therefore, it's it, it kind of slips into your unconscious. It's something that your conscious mind doesn't even have to worry about processing anymore. And so it's just a it's just an unconscious effect. So I would I would argue for the determinism here when it comes to consumer behavior for sure. But, but yeah. yeah. Just a quick side note, I know I, uh, I did a lot of reading on this, and apparently if you're going out um, like to a club or a bar, if you wear something red, that would increase the chances of you standing out. A hundred percent. I actually read, there's actually, I recommend reading this book because it, like, it sounds so boring, but I actually read a book, it's about 500 pages, and it's only on the color red. It's called A Perfect Red. Oh I read my it. God. Yeah, it's the most fascinating book. <laughs> it's so fascinating because until that sounds like a toilet until, seat book. Well, I'm not going to get into it, but basically, it's called A Perfect Red. It's a fantastic book. It's way more exciting than I ever wow. could make it sound. It's wow. so good, and it talks all about all of this because before um, uh, uh, synthetic dyes, it was very difficult to make colors, especially red. So, it's uh, interesting. Wow. Yo, so, uh, John. You, sorry, go ahead, Amir. Yeah, no, no, Austin. I was just well, I was just going to move on. Did you have anything to talk about this? No, I was just saying like free will determinism, the color red, um, using your phone. Like, are you actually free from your phone? That's something that you should. Ooh, you should that's a question for you, about, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So. Well, hold um, on. I say, so um, I successfully did my challenge. So the challenge was to get yeah. to Starbucks. Yo, did we um, all successfully do our challenges then? I did mine. Hold on, hold on. The only thing though I will say though is I was slightly late on Wednesday. And I don't want to be that guy and say my alarm didn't go off, but no fucking joke. I like, I went out there. My alarm was just silent, just sitting on the thing. So I was like 20 minutes late on Wednesday, but otherwise okay. every day there at six 30, you know, what I found out, which is so amazing. So I got to Starbucks every day and there's like eight old people who all get there before seven. So like, it's like Whoa. me, like 23 years old. And then like eight guys who are all like 80 every oh, morning so I'm like, so like yeah yo so did you so, say like oh yeah this guy austin who i do a podcast with always calls me an old man so that's well no it's funny though because i used to go at seven like i used to go 30 minutes oh really late that's too and late, i miss man. them yeah. i miss them every time but now that i'm there 30 minutes early they all like know me they're like oh gee, how you know <laughs> that's amazing oh, man God. yeah so um i'm really glad we did this because i got a huge value out of this as well like i ate uh uh completely clean for seven days uh wow. i haven't i haven't felt that like good in a long long time you know like mm. you realize that just eating like clean only meals that you cook yourself vegetables lean protein money oh man like i didn't spend a dollar uh in seven days i just you know i had my groceries and i had my meals and that was it like that was all she wrote so really great experience and um and then also it got me into i went to a muay thai class uh nice. the first time yo it is amazing. I fell in yeah. love with it, man. It is like you're dripping sweat within 10 minutes. It's an hour and a half where you're just fully exerting yourself. And then at the end, it's like you're investing in the skill, you know, like it's, 
it's not just like a workout where you're going into lift weights, run, going to spinning class. It's like every time you leave that gym, you're more skillful in a certain you're more equipped to kill yeah. people for here. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So it's really pretty cool. incredible. Really so yeah, this was great. Uh, we're going to have to wrap this up here and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. And uh, I'm sure Amazing. we'll have some more uh philosophy i'm gonna start to think about this determinism free will stuff this oh dude, it's crazy up, uh, yeah just type in free will determinism on youtube and uh be careful though only do that if you have like a spare like 25 hours yeah yeah and yeah. don't do it just because john said you have free will to not yeah, do it yeah so. that's very true <laughs> i, I would have done it if everybody I didn't this all right have a good night everybody Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we really hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, please leave us a review on the platform that you accessed us through. That'd be awesome. Uh, and you can reach the three of us directly at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com uh, for any direct questions uh, to engage in some discussion or to just let us know on any points you thought we missed. Uh, or you can follow us through Instagram at theweeklycallpod uh, for more information and to provide any direct feedback or questions there as well. Um, and we really hope that you got something out of the accountability bets. Uh, we certainly did. And, you know, we'd encourage you to do the same with people in your network. They have proven to be effective for us and there's no reason to think otherwise for you. Um, and yeah, we'd love your feedback on how your accountability bets went with your friends as well. Uh, from us here at the weekly call, thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next week. Cheers.